0: Podcasting from anywhere other than a jail cell, this is Soberholic, a podcast created to encourage, equip, and inspire you to overcome your hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And now, your show hosts, Roger and Jason.
1: Welcome Soberholics to episode 29. Today we're going to be talking about sponsorship. What do you think about that, Jason? I think it's a great topic. Well... uh it brings up a good topic because i'm your sponsor and it's not about (laughs) how i sponsor you but it's about us talking about the idea of sponsorship and um we've talked a lot about that in, in our cr group lately because there seems to be this misconception maybe sometimes about sponsorship there's no manual on sponsorship and so you and I have even joked in the past about some of the things some of your sponsors have made you do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this going back to the original 12 steps, this this in the uh, secular program, the word sponsor is not even in any of the material. Um some people don't even, you know, some people reject the whole sponsor idea altogether. Um but that's probably because they just don't like taking any kind of suggestions from anybody. It's probably a pride thing. But I just don't, I just don't ever see how you could walk, walk through the 12 steps without some type of guide there with you, you know, who is willing to be honest with you when you need honesty and tell you those hard truths that you need to hear when you're in recovery.
1: And you're spot on with that. I know for me, like sponsoring you has been different. And I mentioned that to you not too long ago. You're what, six years sober now, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so when you asked me, you were five years sober. And I told you that, you know, me sponsoring someone at five years sober who has worked through the steps maybe even multiple times is different than someone who comes in with you know five hours worth of sobriety it looks different or at least it has to me and so i I, i'm not claiming to have all the answers when it comes to sponsoring and i know you don't either but what i've picked up is through the years i've been sober i've had four different sponsors some have died some um none have ever fired me but i have fired others um and not because they were doing a bad job i had just changed and i was looking for something different in my life and i wanted someone to help me get there and so i was looking for a sponsor
0: like that does that make sense oh yeah definitely i mean i've i've had several sponsors um and it's it's been interesting like when i look back now you know i the sponsor i had at the time was just what i needed at the time right you know um uh, none of my sponsors all my sponsors have been great and uh I haven't had like that nightmare horrible <laughs> sponsor story that I've heard before where you know you, you get some uh some interesting characters uh you know some I've heard some funny stories that I can't really share uh now but right. <laughs> you can let your imagination go wild there um and it's probably still not even close to to, <laughs> to some right. of the stories I've heard but all my sponsors have been, you know, good, um, have, you know, worked program and everything for the most part. And, you know, I've learned different things from each of them. Um, and what I I learned really early on, um, especially from my first sponsor, you know, that a sponsor is not the end all be all. You know, you're they're not some guru that you should bow down and worship at their feet. You know, you can you can use your sponsor just to guide you through the 12 steps mm-hmm. you know i remember my first sponsor he was like i'm not i'm not an armchair accountant i'm not an armchair psychologist you know I, i'll tell you if you need professional counseling you know i'll you know these are the things i'm not going to do he set up clear boundaries that really kind of helped me help form my first sponsor helped form my idea of what sponsorship is and um, i'm really grateful to him that i that i had those healthy ideas and those healthy boundaries formed you know right from the start
1: those ex- um, expectations you, you said boundaries expectations is what i usually tell my sponsees to talk about with with their sponsees Because that's very important. Because my first sponsor, as you said, he didn't care about anything else that happened (laughs) in my life. It was strictly what was happening with drugs and alcohol. Now, since And that was my AA sponsor when I started that. Now, since I've been in CR, I may be working with a guy who has more than one issue. And so I've been able to use different experiences in my life that maybe I've applied the steps to to help them through it. Because I have found freedom through it. And so it's not strictly for me in the sense of drugs and alcohol. Like I have sponsored guys who may work with, be with codependency. Mm-hmm. Now I may have some codependent tendencies, but I wouldn't call myself codependent, but yet I've had sponsors who are codependent. Does yeah. That
0: makes sense. Yeah. Do you, when you sponsor somebody, do you have one set of expectations to where you're like, this is this is what I expect. I'll take nothing less. Or do you custom, you know, s- set the expectations based on where they are in their recovery?
1: That is a weird, it's a weird question because it's almost set me up for failure to answer it. Because <laughs> there's no one way I sponsor. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I just, I don't. There was a time, uh, and you and I have talked about it before, that, this is the way I did it. I, I never talk, you know, it, me being a sponsor, you being a sponsor, see, it was your responsibility to call me and that was it. And so that was the expectations. I was never going to call you because it's your recovery and I'm going to put it in your lap to handle it. That's usually still kind of the way I approach it but I'll still break my own rule and call someone because I feel led to call them and to check on how they are. And I think a lot of that's because I've changed a lot personally. God's stretched me and I've got a better understanding of grace today, but there's still those, those things that I I do. For instance, when I first got, when I first started sponsoring, I always had that drunk sponsee that would want to call, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. I am ready the drink. And that rant would go on for hours. And so if a sponsee calls me today drunk, and I'll tell this while they're sober, don't call me drunk because if they do, I'm not I'm not going to take the phone call. Right. I mean, yeah. I will hang up on you in your yeah. face. I don't care how bad it is. And people say, well, what if he commits suicide? That, that's just what I do. And, I, and I, I don't want him to do that, but I mean, that's just the boundary I have to set. I can't talk you out of anything when you're drunk.
0: Right. And I I think that's, I think that's healthy. That's what I, I mean, I've actually called nine one one on a sponsor before when they were talking about, um, you know, going to commit suicide or whatever i phone up and call the police on them. And I they, never let and it get went. that far. I just yeah. I just
1: say, hey, man, call me when you're sober, and I'll hang up. And well, I'm they d- didn't I'm sound drunk. so no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that,
0: That's how it ended up with me. And then they got mad that I called 911 <laughs> on them when they showed up. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, yeah, I, I'd i sponsor different depending on where, you know, they are in their recovery. It's not a one-size-fits-all um, for people, but, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I used to I used to I usually will tell my sponsors that my sponsees that struggle with drugs and alcohol. If you call me before you use, I'll go to hell and back with you. But if you call call me afterwards, you'll just go there by yourself. Right. <laughs> it sounds so bad coming out of my mouth right, right now, right. but I've actually said that to people because I mean, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing I can do for them after the fact if they're in that cycle back into that cycle of of relapse and addiction.
1: Well, there's there's healthy boundaries I've had to set for me and my own family. When I first got sober, I, I was on a mission to save the world, right? Because I just save I, a drunk. Yeah, I just I, you know God had done so much in my life, I wanted to give it back to everybody. And there was this pride and arrogance that I, I walked in, thinking that I could do this. Well, I didn't do. I didn't get me sober. God did. Mm-hmm, right. And I followed some suggestions from other people, but God did did the changing in my life. And so since I've the the longer I've been in recovery, my wife and I are both in recovery, we set the same kind of boundary with our people that is used to I would say I would answer your phone call day or night. It didn't matter. And nine times out of ten, if you call me like midnight or later, I'm not going to answer that phone call. Well, one, I don't even keep my phone in my bedroom with me when I sleep. It's in my living room. And those were boundaries I had to do for me because if I lay in the bed with it, I'm going to be on it all night. Stay up all night. And so um, now I'll tell them, you know, it's important for you to have a sponsor. Thank you for, you know, it's an honor to be your sponsor, but you need an accountability team. And that's one of the first things I do with a sponsee to make sure they have more than just me. Because if you're relying on me alone, you're in a bad place.
0: You know? Oh yeah, I mean you can't put it all on one person. You know you need that recovery network. So talking about boundaries, have you ever? Did you ever let like somebody you're sponsoring like crash at your place or or stay with you?
1: I have. I really had. Uh, this is probably not something I would suggest. This particular guy I knew from childhood. Um, he was actually one of the first guys i he was the first guy I'd ever done cocaine with. And we'd got sober together, and well, I had gotten sober. I ran into him, and he he had gotten sober and then relapsed, and it was a con, just a chronic relapser. But um, I I knew that I knew him. I guess is what I'm trying to say, and he he was had some health issues going on with him as well. And so I let him stay at the house for just a few days, and made it very clear that you were right, going to be yeah. there yeah. for <laughs> like three days, and you're out. Yeah, and it, And I made sure my wife was okay with that because that was the awkwardness of it is you can't go to work because you're leaving Guy home with your wife. you can't leave Jody home with your wife. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can't go off with your wife and leave Guy home with your kids, much less your valuables. Your your stuff, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) uh, And that's not judging anybody. I know know what I would have done if you left me in your house when I was coming off dope. First, I'm going to check the medicine cabinets, see if there's anything there. And if not, I'm going to find something to take the phone off. Yeah. That was just what I did. Yeah. So I probably wouldn't recommend it unless you've got a house that's set up for that type deal. But I have done that, and I tell all my sponsors, usually they'll ask me that same question: Should I let somebody come to my house? I would say no. Yeah. Unless you and your wife are just led to do that, then I would say no. I wouldn't do it.
0: Yeah. I've I've very rarely. I think I've done that one time, and it was for one night. Because uh, you just you're you just can't protect yourself much in that situation. And, um, you know, from time to time, I'll I'll have somebody call me and say, Hey, you think I should let so-and-so stay? I'm like, no, you got a family, man. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you can't put them at risk. You know, I feel bad. Well, I know, you know, that's, but you have to protect your family first, you know? So, uh, what about borrow money? You ever let a sponsee borrow money?
1: I've kind of got a rule that I use, 90% Ninety percent of the time, and I picked this up years ago, and I think I got this from a Dave Ramsey type class because I used that to come out of debt. Whenever I got sober, my wife and I, but and he may not have been the one that quoted it, but anyways, if I'm not willing to give you the money, you know, I'm just not going to give you the money, Right. as bad as you need it. I'm just now. I, I may say something long, or they may say, well, I'll pay you back. Great. If you want to pay me back, that's fine. But when I give it to you, we're not setting up payment plans of how you're going to get it because I'm going to get resentful. Um, right. Money yeah. is one of my next things I struggle with, just greed in general. <laughs> and so if if I give it knowing it's a loan, it's not going to work
0: out well yeah. for me and you. I've never let a sponsor borrow money, just mainly because I just I wanted the relationship to not be clouded by mm. any of that kind of stuff. Um, but – you know, I, I typically, you know, don't have people ask me that much, so...
1: What I have done, though, is you usually if there is... I don't know if I've given a sponsor, because that was your question. Just people in recovery, yes, I have as a gift, but... But it was a gift, not borrow. Yeah, and yeah. some of them have paid the money back, you know. but that was their deal. That wasn't me, wasn't me. But what I did do around, I don't know, five or six years sober, I got sick of answering that question, no, I can't give you <laughs> nothing. I developed like a resource list of, of different food pantries mm-hmm. and places like that around town that I could give them numbers to other resources. Yeah. And that helped kind of take the, the strain of saying no to someone who you could easily see was in desperate need of something in their life.
0: Yeah, because I mean, you know, when you, when somebody is obviously in need, you know, you want to help them. Um but but a lot of times money's not the best way to help them. So having a resource list like that is great. Why? I got another question. I'm full of questions. I got one too. So, but oh, you, you go ahead. No no, 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 you. no you. No
1: you. So this happened with me um in AA and so this comes from secular, but it could be used in any in any recovery group. So my first sponsor, me and another newcomer, kinda got sobered at the same time. He um, would sit down with us and kind of take us through the steps together, like so there would be two of us. Now mm-hmm. this isn't like sharing our fifth step, but this right. we would sit down and, and do kind of step work together. Would would you recommend doing that? Do you see any fault in that?
0: I, I had done that before. Where it was like both of us, at first, and we did one, two, and three with my sponsor. It was Mm -hmm. me and another guy, but then the other guy washed out. So then it was just us the rest of the time. That's Um, kind of why this one happened. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know. I I think I think that's fine, except for the fourth or fifth. You know, those two steps I think really just need to be one on one with your sponsor. Yeah, I mean, even
1: like the ninth step, if I'm talking to someone yeah. about making amends, because then that's going to open up into what was shared in their fifth step. I probably wouldn't do it that way, but a lot of my step work that I can do with sponsors, I can do with a group of people. I know right now, I don't think you're sponsoring anyone right now, correct?
0: No, just well, just one. Oh,
1: you are. Yeah. Okay, so... But there's been times I've sponsored up to like nine people, which sure. is way too many people yeah. to sponsor and, and be effective at it. And so, I, even to sidebar before I get to that, is if you're talking to people and they keep asking you to sponsor, especially in CR, this happens a lot. I've seen with ministry leaders or someone who's on the team, everybody wants to kind of run to that person. Yeah. Well, it's okay to say no. You know, it really right. is because if I can't give you the amount of time you need, then I'm really doing a disservice to you as a sponsor.
0: Oh yeah, sure.
1: But, um, what, what I, what I believe is important is when you're sponsoring that, it, that it's okay to meet with a group of people. In fact, what I've done is I've met with different people, like maybe three or four guys at a time that it develops that whole accountability team. Yeah. Now, not everybody will, will hook into that, but you get to see more than just the recovery meeting and you get to talk and, you know, by going out into maybe we we went to the Waffle House and stuff and ate breakfast yeah. oh, and yeah. kind of talk about some things while we're there. And that was really beneficial the times we've done that.
0: Oh, yeah. You have a built-in, you know, accountability team just from that. I'm, I mean, I think it's totally, you know, especially steps one, two, and three, you know, meeting with a group because, you know, there's not a too much personal stuff going on in there that you wouldn't be willing to share with most people at that point. You know if you're truly wanting to 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 get better and to get sober and to get into recovery um i think that in that kind of environment i I would do it because it was it made it things easier for me
1: because i couldn't devote say an hour to each one of my sponsors no no that's all you'd be doing and so bringing all four together or three or four you know i could use that that time wisely all together yeah what about when you've sponsored many people whether it's one person right now or not but how about when that sponsor calls you and says, hey, man, I, I really need a, a ride to the meeting, and you wasn't planning on going to, to the meeting that night or whatever. Have you stopped and went and got that sponsor and taken him to a meeting?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, a lot of times where, um, especially when I was in New Orleans, um, I was going to a lot more meetings then, um, where... I wasn't planning on going to a meeting at all and then somebody would need a ride and then I'm going to a meeting. But, you know, that's the that's the beautiful thing about sponsorship is, you know, whether your sponsee stays sober or not, you know, when you would have one relapse or whatever, you know, the whole question of, well, did you stay sober? Right. And the answer is yes, I, I stayed sober, you know. sounds so, It's one of those things that sounds selfish when it comes out of my mouth. But, I mean, that's that's the reality is, Um, most, most people that I've sponsored, I've gotten more out of it than, than they did. You know, um, I remember early on that my first sponsor, I remember asking him, he had spent two hours, you know, on a Saturday morning with me as I was doing my fourth or fifth step. And I was just like, I just, I just got to ask, you know, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. You know, like this, like you're not charging me a fee or anything, (laughs) Like, I just can't, I want to understand what you get out of this. And he told me, I, I, I'm staying sober. You know, it helps me even more than it's even helping you. And that was something I didn't understand until I I eventually sponsored somebody. And I was like, I, I get it. Because, you know, when you're sponsoring somebody and you're working th- them through the steps, I mean, you're basically working through the steps, too, in, in a roundabout way, not directly. But it keeps you, you know, fresh in the steps. And it keeps you, you know, you'll be pointing out something to your sponsee that you're like, uh, but thinking in your mind, I kind of do that too, you know? Well, it was no different than you and I talking. and you was going
1: through something here in the recent past about something you were struggling with, and I said, have you journaled about it? And are like, eh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so you started journaling about it, but then when I reminded you, it reminded me that I had not been journaling. Uh, so I picked up the pen and started journaling yeah. too. And so it's, it works that way, you know, you made the comment about your sponsor saying, you know, you're helping, you're, you're helping me more than I'm helping you. And talk about the selfish quotes that we talk about a lot is, and I tell my sponsors after they get a little time, I don't say this when they're a month or two sober or even a week or two sober, but like I I tell them, you know, you help keep me sober because I see how poor and pathetic and pitiful <laughs> you look i don't ever want to go back to that yeah. and so you you remind me what it was like because i i yeah. get further and further away from that last drink and i'm not immune from it by no means but that pain that i see in an early sponsor you know i mean sponsor, see oh, reminds man. me i don't want to go back to that a drink oh, yeah. just ain't worth it for me
0: yeah when you talk to somebody early on like the pain is so fresh You know, they've got tragedy, crisis, just, you know, right on their heels. It may be financial. It may be, you know, the court, um, you know, legal trouble, just all like all like the wolves are just closing in. And I'm like, man, that was me Mm -hmm. for years. And And that's the freedom we talk about. You know, when we say freedom, you don't have to live that way anymore. Yeah. I, I thought I would never get out from under all that stuff. All the pain and the misery and the fear. I remember, you know, just going to bed thinking, I, you know, I, I might be going to jail in prison tomorrow for ten years. You know that, just the fear that I that I lived in, um, I, and I gotten used to it. But yeah, when you see a newcomer and you're talking to them about all that stuff, it really does, you know, bring it home. You know that just to be thankful and grateful that you don't have to live like that anymore.
1: Probably the biggest thing I could tell anyone who listens to this and wanted to see what they could do to be a better sponsor, I I would tell anyone, like, if they come to to, to you and ask you to be their sponsor and you say yes, then the second thing that I would do would be start introducing them to other people in the room, the people you're already friends with and comfortable with, right? and help not just befriend them to you, but make them be friends with the other people in the group. And, of course, you'll be building a relationship with them as this is happening. And then as they get involved in the group as a whole, they become part of. Because you're already part of if you're sponsoring. So that's what you want for them is to be part of that group, to be part of something new, bigger than them, and take ownership in that. And by you making those helping them make those relationships, I think that goes a long ways. Even back to what I was talking about how I may not be there all the time. I may not answer my phone. I may be away from my phone. So he would have more than just one relationship to go to to help in those stressful times when they're facing a relapse or whatever. But there's also the whole thing that I stress when I do that is – you can't just go around looking for the answer you want from the you know whoever you're yeah. talking to. I've seen people go. I've got multiple sponsors. No, nah, you need one sponsor, nah. man. I mean that's the only way that's going yeah. to work. If you don't trust that one sponsor, you need a new sponsor, right? But you know it's easy to go around and find the answer you want. Sure, I, I stress to my sponsees, you can't do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great idea having a a community um, that's that you become a part of. Um, when I was my home group in New Orleans, we went out to eat every after every single meeting um every week and you know we if there was a newcomer there hey come we're going out to eat you know we're going you know come on with us and that was a way for them to kind of get assimilated in the group and then they you know we'd see them ask somebody to be a sponsor that was there and it was very organic and natural you know um assimilating new people into our group and it it was an amazing way to see you know that unity um that recovery can bring people i mean because we had people that were just all walks of life and any any kind of recovery meeting you're going to find that and one thing i've seen um that i think is a is a big hurdle for people trying to find a sponsor is they want to find somebody exactly like them um and you're you're not you're probably not going to find that, but I've seen so many people drag their feet on getting a sponsor because they just, they look at everybody and they just go, nobody's nobody's quite good enough to be sponsor. I'm still, looking, be, for, I'm still looking for a one-handed sponsor and I can't find one. <laughs> <laughs> or, or they're wanting to find somebody who, you know, had their same exact, you know, drug of choice or whatever. Um, most of my sponsors have not had the particular drug of choice that that I struggled with. But, I, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Um, but I, I have known people that that they thought, you know, nobody can handle me. You know, nobody can. Nobody's smart enough. No sponsor is good enough to handle me. So they just they just never get a sponsor. Um, what do you think are some of the hurdles? Why is it so why? Do, why is it so hard for people to get a sponsor and just ask for a sponsor?
1: When I first got sober, I was going to an AA group, like I said a minute ago, one of the guys there I had used to drink with, and I knew he was alcoholic just like me, and he kept asking me, have you got a sponsor yet? And I would kind of go, not yet, and and all the while, I was kind of trying to do the steps on my own until I got to that fourth step, and I was like, I can't do this. I don't really understand what I'm supposed to do here. And so that was the first time I was ever challenged, like, I need to get a sponsor, the whole time he was telling me this. And for me, I didn't want a friend as a sponsor. Um, I I didn't, I just know my tendencies. I Mm -hmm. I mean, I know me, I could do that, but I, I just know me. And so there was one guy that was just real hard nosed in our group. And I said, he, if anybody here could handle me is, you know what you're talking about, he could do it. He didn't take no crap from nobody. And he didn't care about your feelings. And that's who I picked. Now, That's not the the norm I've come to find out. Most people are just like what you're talking about. They're looking for maybe someone they are identical match with. Mm -hmm. My my first sponsor had never even done drugs, and that was what I would have said was my drug of choice. You know, drinking wasn't that big a deal to me. Later I found out it was, but at that (laughs) point it wasn't. So I didn't find a sponsor that was identical to me, but I believe for me personally – there's a lot of hurdles or struggles with that is one is the, the pride is is your biggest. You don't want to ask somebody for help. Well, you need help or you wouldn't be in a, in a 12 step meeting to begin with. If you could have fixed it, you'd have fixed it already. Right. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast (laughs) if you had it fixed. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, so you got to swallow the pride and that's probably the, the, one of the more freeing things you'll find in, in any 12 step group is when you realize Pride's really not that important. The only person that pride's important to is you.
0: (laughs) Is you. Yeah, you're the only one thinking about it.
1: Nobody else really cares. Because Um,
0: for people who sponsor other people, it's not a big deal when somebody comes up and asks them, hey, will you be my sponsor? Like, I've never been like, I don't, you know, you really need help? You know, I've never thought thought you had it all together. I thought you had it all together. I thought you slid (laughs) off a rainbow into this meeting here. I mean, for people who are in, you know, have been sober for a little while and work the steps and are sponsoring people. It's a totally normal thing. But when you're new in recovery and you, you've never done it before, it feels really awkward and really weird. Um, but But one thing I've noticed that works pretty good is if you've gone to a meeting a few times, ask the chairperson. Ask the person that's running the meeting, hey. You know, do you know anybody who would be a good sponsor? And a lot of meetings, they point those people out in the meeting. Yeah,
1: some of them have temporary sponsors lists. So right. So you can find one to see if you like them. And there's usually expectations drawn real quick, like I'm going to be here until you find somebody. Yeah. Sometimes they develop into that.
0: You, know? you ever had a temporary sponsor? I
1: never have. Um, yeah. uh, I, I've, I've kind of sold out to every guy I've been with and... Usually, the way I've always picked a sponsor, and this is what I recommend to people, is it's not about if you struggle the same, because there's people who's asked me to sponsor them and say with food or with codependency and different struggles that I didn't. What my main struggle I started with. I didn't go, oh, no, your struggle's not bad enough. Sorry, I only do the drug addicts. <laughs> yeah. It's never been that way. It's been an honor to do any of those. But what I look for is someone who's living a life like I want to live. Yeah, That's what I look for. And so when I'm in a group, I listen to people sharing, and if they share coherent <laughs> and they share with hope, uh, when they sh- when they share with wisdom, with love, with grace – that's who i'm going to ask to be my sponsor right and so by the time i've heard them enough share i ask them to be my sponsor and i kind of have an idea of their character just by the way they share
0: oh yeah yeah i've the way i've always asked is you know i'll listen to somebody or, or in your case i already knew i mean we weren't super close when i asked you but you know i already knew you and you know you wanted something that I had. You, mm-hmm. I looked at your recovery program, and I'm like, that's you know that's what I wanted a sponsor. That's what I want personally. Um, but like, there have been times where I'm just I heard there was one sponsor where in New Orleans where I heard him talk one time for like a minute or two, and I was like, he'll do because I haven't I didn't have anybody. Mm-hmm. And you know it's it's not like once I ask a sponsor to be my sponsor, I'm. It's not like till death do us part, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had him for a little while and then i kind of moved on from him and got somebody else. Uh, the rest of the time I was there until I came here. But have you ever had to fire a sponsor or a sponsee? Sponsees?
1: Yes. Sponsor? No. Cause that's what I was fixing to just ask you. Oh yeah. Did you, t- did you like when you let your spot, cause you, you have let some sponsors go. Like, yeah. Did you tell them or did you just go find another one to quit calling them?
0: uh i just kind of just just quit calling and just went and got another one Mm -hmm. i wasn't i mean it was one of those things like i don't want to avoid conflict at all costs but i mean i don't go looking for it so i figured you know why you know i didn't want to hurt his feelings or whatever so i just went and found another one started working with somebody else and he never called you know never called me and asked me why or anything so i didn't See that it was too big of a deal, but I've I fired a couple of sponsees before, um, just because they weren't, you know, they were, they were actively relapsing and still wanting to work, work the steps. And yeah, I was that, like, that no, like, this isn't going to work out like that. But
1: here's what I've seen really either way, whether it be a sponsor or a sponsee, talking about the, the whole act of firing, if you will, you know, just not doing it anymore. Is that when i've when i've usually it kind of works like this with my sponsor, some will want me to call once a week. One guy wanted me to call every day, and that was early on in recovery when he wanted me to do that, and a lot of times he wouldn't even answer. he just wanted me to call to get yeah. in the habit of making the phone call right and so that was just teaching me some responsibilities, what it was doing just so when when temptation came, I knew to call him. And I do some that with sponsors sometime now. Some sponsors I will um, say, you know, it's strictly up to you. I'm not going to be calling you. And I'm I'm pretty – I pretty much do that. Like for step work, I'm not going to call you and go, hey, now, have you done this? You now, need to get
0: on this. And,
1: and I guess in some ways I may be even contradicting myself because when I talked to you about journaling, I did text you just as a reminder to say journal, you know. But that was – I mean that's. I think that's a little different. Than what I'm trying to say here is that I realize that my spot sees recovery is their recovery. Yeah. And so I can't own, I can't own that. I've right. tried to in the past. And so if you don't want to do it, then then don't do it. And and like if if you quit calling me, well then you quit calling me. You know. I'm not going to lose any sleep over that. Oh yeah. Because ultimately, at the end of the day it's not our recovery it's it's yeah. my recovery and, and i have to be you know am i calling my sponsors is the more important question
0: right not if you're calling me yeah and, and i think that's something you learn kind of after your first sponsee relapses which you know, will happen which will happen yeah. you know you you feel like you're you know responsible for their sobriety but you have to quickly you know come to terms with that you're not, you're not responsible for their sobriety. They are, you know, that you can't work the program for them. So I think those are, those are great things to keep in mind. I've never met a
1: sponsor who didn't feel like they were a failure because their sponsor relapsed. Yeah. If I would have just talking, you know, taking the time to talk to them longer. Right. If I would have just gave them that money, then they could have bought <laughs> something and that wouldn't have happened. Well that gets back in the codependency part oh, yeah. of that and that's the reason I even say that I have tendencies. I don't know how bad I am with it, but there at the end of the day, you know, you're responsible for your recovery. Yeah you know, I can't say that enough and you will go through a lot of sponsees sponsoring people. I, I could not even name if I sat down, I could probably name a lot of my sponsors. I couldn't name them all. I've had people that asked me to sponsor them never to hear from them or see from them again. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. happened multiple times. I've had some that would kind of go through the motions because the whole fake it till you make it, that it looks good, but they really had no desire to ever work the steps. It was strictly to get their wife off their back. Right. I think you called it
0: the other day. <laughs> what is a back problem? You got to get your family off
1: your back. <laughs> Riding your back—that back. was so good. But yeah, the, you know, a lot of people have that, and they, and, and I had that at times. I'm not talking from a pedestal down to somebody else. Those are things I've lived in my life. But if we look at our own recovery, and take the tools that the people before us has given us, then we just share those tools down to the person that's coming in behind us. That's what sponsorship has happened. What it's looked like for me. It's evolved. I don't sponsor like I like I did day one. I don't sponsor like like I did five years ago. It changes.
0: Yeah. And just showing another, you know, person who's struggling with an addiction, you know, hey, here's the spiritual tools that we use. This is a spiritual toolkit. This is how to use it. This is how I use it in my recovery. You know, that's the great thing about sponsorship is most of the time, you've you've walked in, you've been in their shoes, you know, and that's why it it works in such a more powerful way than if somebody was going to say accounts a counselor. Not saying counseling isn't wonderful and great, but oftentimes, you know, when I had gone to counseling in the past uh, for addiction, you know, I was like, well, what do they know? They don't. They've never been in in this situation like me. But that's where. You know, with a sponsee-sponsor relationship, the sponsor can, can tell them, hey, I've been there. You know, I've struggled with this, and I came out the other side, and here's how I did it. I use, you know, these 12 steps, and here's the spiritual tools that I use. And so it's a it's a powerful um, tool in, in our recovery. Sponsorship is.
1: You know, before we close this thing up, I did want to just kind of mention this, and you may agree or or not agree with this, but— When I got sober, there was such a change in my life that I knew that it worked. Anybody around me knew that I changed from what the the lifestyle I used to live. And so there was no doubt that I I knew that working those principles, those tools, and the way that I used them changed my life. So in that way, I think that that will work for everybody in the exact way I used them. I've come to find out that this just the exact way that I I use those tools don't work for everybody that same way. The tools in itself work, but they don't have to be applied the exact way that I used them. Right. And I have to be lenient with that as I work with sponsees and realize and remind myself. um, Another great tool that I've picked up through this is that if I don't have like an answer or suggestion to give to my sponsee, I found that it's very beneficial to go to my sponsor and maybe Mm. ask them Mm -hmm. what they would do. Yeah. And I don't even share the name of anybody that's going on or anything. I I can keep confidentiality and do that and just say, hey, you know, this is what I'm dealing with the sponsor and I don't know what to do. I've never really faced that thing. And usually I get some wise counsel with that. And I can and I'll tell that person, look, I didn't really know what's going on, but my sponsor said this would be good and I've trusted on everything else. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's great. But is there anything else you think we need to cover? I mean, I know we could go on forever. We could go
0: on forever about it. Get a sponsor. I think a sponsor
1: is very, very important. Yes. And so that's probably the biggest takeaway here. If you don't have one, lose the pride and
0: get one. Need one, be one, be one, need one? Get one. Get one, be one. No, wait, get one first. Then be one later. Need one, be one. Need one, be one. That's what I would do. Okay. We'll go with that. All Get right. a sponsor. Get a sponsor. Hi, <laughs> right, man. That's another one in the books. All right. I'm Roger. Jason.
1: We're signing out.
0: Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out Soberholicpodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.